Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. incredibly much. Um, I first of all want to give a thank you to all volunteers and parents and anyone who has helped out in the kids wing anytime this year. Like it is such a big important role there. It takes a lot to keep everything running. They say um, it takes a village. That is for certain. So thank you so much to you guys and anyone who has helped out and even those that were helping me out today in any way, shape or form whether it is in the classroom, whether it is a word of encouragement. I've also received text messages of encouragement too. Every single little bit counts. And so thank you so much from my heart, guys. Um, I have some things to share. So I figured I would start off with talking about a little bit about me. Um, For those of you that may not know me well. So, hi, Mariah Skinner, Children's Director, Hot FM. But also, personally me, I can be a bit of a jokester. So I love corny jokes. I have a punny sense of humor. As a matter of fact, I have a friend who likes to call me her pun sensei. So (laughs) in case you didn't know that about me. Um, I also love games. I'm very much of a game person. Board games, card games, puzzles, riddles, you name it. I love it. Um, Before coming in as the children's director, I actually taught for 10 years. I taught at a private Christian school, a bit of a math nerd because I taught math, and also I taught Bible too, which was really cool and neat, and I do feel like that was preparation for the season that God has me in. It's really cool to see how God just kind of directed things and pushed things along to where I need to be. He kind of does that for us, doesn't he? I knew that I wanted to be a teacher starting in around seventh or eighth grade. So um, whenever I was in children's church as a kid, it really impacted me. And I had a fabulous children's church teacher who was really hands-on, really exploratory with the kids in the class. And whenever I started to age out or level out, she actually asked me if I could help out. And so starting already at like the age of 12, I was back there running puppets. I was doing all kinds of things. But little did I know that that was God starting to prepare my heart for where I needed to be. (laughs) And so then in middle school, I was um, attending a Christian private school. And the Bible teacher, he gave me an assignment that I was supposed to read a certain chapter in the Bible, and then I was to present it in class. And so me and my partner did that, and the Bible teacher told me, my goodness, you did that so well, you sounded just like a teacher. From now on, I'm going to start calling you Miss Skinner. That was in seventh grade. A few years later... I graduated from college, went back to that same said school, and really was Miss Skinner. <laughs> that, that was the same school that I taught at for 10 years. It's, it's pretty cool how God does stuff like that. So from a very young age, I recognized that I really enjoy um, being around kids and teaching them and getting silly and goofy with them, being joyful and just really breaking things down to their level and, and just have so much joy and passion for that. So that's a little bit about me. 
Um, I'd also like to share some highlights of what we have seen happen in the kids' ministry this past year. So I first of all want to start off with saying God is so good. He has really guided and directed um, the direction of kids' ministry and where things need to be. We have actually had some salvations happen this year. So thankful for that. Um, one Wednesday night, it was whenever we were um, going over con- the conflict series. Um, the circuit riders, they were having their own conflict series talking about being peacekeepers or peacemakers. And one Wednesday night, um, there was a little girl, a little young lady, who happened to be a neighbor, and she was invited in as a neighbor from her neighbor said, hey, come on in. We would love to have you with us Wednesday night. So first time coming in at church and in the middle, like she had been coming consistently for the last few weeks. And then one Wednesday night, she started asking questions and that was the Holy Spirit's prompting to go deeper and to go further. And so she was asking about sin, asking about salvation. And then lo and behold, that night, I could feel the Holy Spirit's prompting. And so we took a moment, we paused. The kids came together, the whole class. We laid hands on her. We prayed for her. And right there, she accepted the Lord. It's amazing. Amazing. And that's all the Lord. Um, And then we also had one Sunday morning where Jim and Lisa Hatch came in as guest speakers with the circuit riders, and they ran a lesson um, talking about salvation and talking about trading in um, their old raggedy balls in for a brand new ball. This was like a demonstration, and in that, he was talking about salvation, and then at the end of the lesson, we had a few kids accept Christ there too. (laughs) So it is awesome to see what God is doing back there. Um, Besides salvations, as you saw a little bit today, we have some um, kids um, receiving the Bible and also quoting scripture. (laughs) So it's so cool to see them getting into the word of God, getting passionate about it and deciding to quote it back and to use that to start forming their foundation spiritually. Um, we also have kids locating scripture. One of the things we like to do back there, especially in the circuit writer room, is we have what's called Bible buddy time. So they form up into groups of two or three, and the kids are paired off between someone who is able to read versus someone who is still learning how to read. And that person who is able to read will help locate or find scripture. Like I can give them a verse, John three sixteen, and they are quickly running through. They know if they don't know where John is to go to the table of contents. They go in and find the book. They go to the big three, the little 16. We've got them trained to look for the big number first, and then we go to the little number first. So kids are also able to find a certain scripture in the Bible, which is super important. So quoting scripture and locating scripture. Um, Another thing that we have had happen is um, I had a volunteer share with me, and this is so cool, that they are taking home sheets and sharing it with neighbors in their community. So the take-home sheets that you guys receive and that has information on what we learned in class, how you can follow along at home, some of that is being shared with others who are not even here at Hot FM, which is so cool. It's going beyond these walls. (laughs) 
Um, I have also seen kids actually pray for volunteers and pray for other people. There have been times in class, and uh, one moment that I'm thinking of too, we had one student in the four and fives room, and it was prayer time. We were taking time to pray and to open up, and she shared that she wanted to pray for a certain person that she knew needed prayer, that they were going through a tough time. And then just with boldness and just so much courage, she went and boldly started praying for that person that she knew was having a rough moment. So we see kids are becoming bold and um, feeling more comfortable in prayer as well. Um, We also have had a great set of worship Sundays. We have had Dennis come in with the younger preschoolers, and we have had Chuck come in with the circuit riders. The last time that we had worship Sunday, it was so phenomenal. The kids were really getting into it. They were moving, and they were dancing before the Lord. They were singing and excited, using their hands, going with motions. It was so awesome, and I had so many volunteers back there helping and assisting in that arena too. And so we just saw so much open up in that time. So that's one thing that I feel like has been so rewarding is watching their hearts soften more and more to worship and getting more comfortable in it, not having to feel stoic. Um, We have also had a phenomenal team of volunteers and parent support. It has been amazing to see so many people come in, rally around, and just help out and just willing to be flexible even. I've had volunteers come in, whatever you need. You tell me where you need me, and I will assist right there. I remember there was even one Sunday where I wasn't sure where I was going to get the help. Like I was having a moment, and um, I had a volunteer call out sick. But I remember God told me, that's okay, I've got you covered. And without fail, I had a volunteer come up to me in the middle of me setting up and said, I am here, I've got my comfy clothes on, I'm here if you need me. And that was totally God. (laughs) So God is really moving and stirring hearts to help out in the arena, in there, back in the kids' wing. It is so phenomenal to have so much support and so much help. Um... I also thought it would be great to share a little bit of some kid funnies because what is kids ministry without a few good laughs, right? So um, first funny, I remember whenever I was first working back there, I had a kid that was in the twos and threes class at the time. And I said, oh my goodness, you're doing such a great job. You are such a smart cookie. She proceeds to look at me, give me a face, and she tells me, I am not a cookie. That, that was one of my favorites. Um, another good favorite, Wednesday night, conflict series. We're talking about being peacemakers, but we're also talking about salvation. And so I decide to challenge them and to ask them some questions um, about some facts on that. I asked, where did Jesus die whenever he was crucified on the cross? One kid replied, Guatemala Hill. <laughs> So just so you know, it was on Guatemala Hill. (laughs) Um, This one has been pretty recent. On Wednesday this past week, um, we had uh, our white elephant exchange. I came up all decked out 
in my whole entire attire. I had the Christmas hat on. I had like a Christmas tree skirt poncho. I had elf shoes, you name it. I had it on pretty much. And one kid came up to me and was like, whoa, Miss Mariah, did a bomb explode? (laughs) And then another one of my favorites. It was a Wednesday night. The kids were learning about obedience. And this was in the fours and fives class. And they were learning how important it is to listen to God and to be obedient to him whenever he tells you to do something. The kids were learning about that and we connected it to the story of Noah and how Noah had to be obedient and he had to form the ark in the exact measurements that God told him to. And so one of the volunteers proceeded to ask that kid in the fours and fives room, what would happen if Noah didn't listen to God, if he wasn't obedient? And this kid just looked, his eyes got real wide and big and he said, we wouldn't be here anymore. So the fact that it connected, that was great. But those are like some funnies that kind of happened and came throughout this time. It's, it's great. All right. Next, I want to talk to you about the vision for kids ministry and what I'm looking into for next year. So we have been locating scripture. We have been quoting scripture. I want to continue in scripture. I feel like that is super important. You need to have God's word at the foundation. And so we will be continuing in that. And with that comes what I like to call sword drills. So sword drills are where I'm going to have the kids hold up the Bible above their head. I'm going to give them a scripture and then with others, so it's not just one person, they're going to quickly put that Bible down and they're going to locate and try to beat the other person finding scripture. So the quicker they can find it, I feel like the more that they can get into the word, it says in Psalms 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. So the more that they can get into the word and they can get into scripture, the more that they can know him. So we are going to continue in scripture and we're even going to go to the level of sword drills. I also plan on having more guest speakers come into Circuit Riders. We've had Jim and Lisa come in, and we have had um, Chuck come in with worship. We have had some great responses, but I'm looking to um, extend that and have more people so into the kids' ministry because I feel like it takes all ages. I feel like we want to have unity in it. So we want the old with the new. We want all generations coming together and unifying together. Um, I'm also looking into VBS for the summertime. Woo! So I'm very excited about that. I'm starting to pray on what God wants as the theme for VBS. So you guys can be in prayer for that for me too. And I'll be looking into the details and everything that comes with that. But I'm extremely excited to announce that and that we'll have VBS and it's going to be great. Um, And then also another thing that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart, I don't have details for it just yet, but I would love for the kids to be more service oriented. So having that application, actually walking out what we're learning in class. So we're going to look into opportunities to serve others. So awesome. So that's everything in regards to kids ministry. Now I'm going to share my testimony and actually give a word of encouragement too. All right. (laughs) Okay, for um, my testimony or journey. So I accepted the Lord when I was six in children's church. (laughs) 
So cool. So uh, my uh, children's church teacher, she did a phenomenal job of connecting with the kids and really sewing into them and uh, making things so fun and so hands-on. And it just really touched and ministered to me. So at the young age of six, I accepted the Lord and from there just continued to grow in that faith. Um, when things were going well, I was very involved in church, very involved in the kids' ministry. And then my whole world kind of crashed um, whenever I was around 11 years old. My parents separated. My dad, um, unfortunately, struggled with an addiction to alcohol. And so because of that, there was a moment where um, for the safety of me and my brother, my mom felt like we needed to go ahead and move out. And so we started living with my grandparents. Um, during that time, it was hard, <laughs> as you can imagine, um, just trying to work on that relationship with my dad and knowing when it was okay to, to be with him and when it, we needed to have space and trying to, to fill out that relationship. And so there were some tough moments and unfortunately there were some moments of insecurities there too um, that kind of occurred in that time frame. Um, but continued on with um, my dad and um, <sighs> because of the insecurities and the things um, dealt with, Unfortunately, it started to shake how I viewed God. I struggled with calling God Father for a time period, and it took a lot of prayer, and it took a lot of breakthrough to come through that. But can I tell you that he truly is a loving Father? He truly is so good. No matter your circumstances or what you're going through, he will bring peace he will get you through it. It may not be in the time frame that you were wanting or desiring, but he will bring you through. <laughs> Whenever I was 17, my dad passed away suddenly. I remember I saw him on a Friday. He came over to spend time with me and my brother. We were playing card games. And um, at that time, I had a piano in my room because I was taking piano lessons. And my aunt was over, and she started playing Amazing Grace on the piano. And I remember there was something different about my dad that day. He said, wow, I could listen to that all day long. And that was not dad. <laughs> um, at the time, he avoided church. He avoided things of that nature. And so the fact that he said, I could listen to that all day long, knew, let me know that, know that there was a heart shift in him. And so things were different. I remember seeing him and spending time with him that Friday. And then the following Wednesday, after my brother and I got picked up from school, we were told by my family that he was gone. So it just happened very suddenly. And so that's more of whenever my world just kind of crashed and walking through that grieving process and trying to figure things out. And I remember, too, in that time frame, because my dad and I, we had like a rocky relationship because of things that we went through and dealt with. But I remember feeling so hurt and upset and, and almost angry with myself for not wanting to spend more time with him or do more with him. And I remember in that time frame wondering, Lord, do I really want to ask where he's at? Do I really want to ask what happened? 
but God gave so much peace and it's like I knew, but I couldn't explain it. I remember we had a family friend come over and pray with us and she said she could see a vision of him crying out in his last hours. And whenever they went into his apartment to clean it out, they actually found church clothes laid out on his bed because this was before Easter and he had intentions of going to church with his mom. That right there. (laughs) That right there is God. And for years I prayed for dad's salvation. And in that time of prayer, I thought that I would get to see it. I thought I would get to see the fruits of that prayer. But you know what? It's about God's story. It's not about our story. And sometimes we pray for something and it takes a while for it to come. But whenever it comes, it's always going to come in a manner that's going to glorify him. Not necessarily how we picture it or how we want it. Through that, God has brought me through and healed me in so many ways. And in some ways, I'm actually still walking out the healing process. It it takes time. But God has shown me a lot. And through what I dealt with with my dad, that's why Romans 8.28 is actually my favorite scripture. For we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things, no matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, no matter how it feels, all things are going to be worked out for his glory. So because of that, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share on hope. So that's my testimony. I'm now going to dive into talking about hope. It's funny because at the beginning of this year, I took time to pray and I asked the Lord, Lord, what is my word for this year? I kind of like doing that instead of just making New Year's resolutions. Oh, I'm going to do better at this this year. Instead, I I feel like I get more enjoyment out of asking the Lord, what is the word that you want to give me for this year? And I want to work on that. And so I felt like he gave me the word hope. And so I would like to share with you what I feel like God has highlighted in my heart for hope. (laughs) So the definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen, a feeling of trust. There are things that I am in prayer for and have been in prayer for, and there are things that have not been fulfilled just yet. I am still seeking and praying for promises or things that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. But can I tell you that in that waiting process, we will not be put to shame? As a matter of fact, in Proverbs 13, 12, it talks about this. And um, I remember reading the scripture in the middle of the year this year. And <laughs> whenever I read the scripture, I actually started to feel like unsettled and a little frustrated by it. And it wasn't until God changed my perception to what it truly is. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Whenever I first read that scripture, I'm like, hope deferred. Lord, I don't see things happening. I don't see things coming into fruition that I feel like you've laid on my heart to pray for. 
And I, I would wrestle it out. And I just, I took that scripture and I just shoved it aside for the moment and just kept going on because I didn't understand it. And I'm like, why would you put this in here if it's not happening? And then eventually one day it finally hit me and I felt like the Lord tell me, you're putting your hope in the wrong thing. Your hope is not in the promise or in the desire. Your hope is in the promiser. So hope deferred makes the heart sick. It will make your heart sick if your hope is delayed because you're not hoping in the right person. Your hope needs to be in God. It does not need to be in your desire. It does not need to be in your prayer request. It does not need to be in your promise. Your hope needs to be placed in him. Thus, whenever you get rooted and you're going through trials or circumstances and you take time to seek his face and to pour your heart out to him and you get rooted in him, then of course, when that promise or when that desire comes in, it will be a tree of life because you are rooted in him. So <laughs> that's what God showed me. We place our hope, our trust, our future, everything, it should be in him. Once we are rooted in him, then when the promise comes in, it will be a tree of life. And the reason why is because we can reflect on the goodness of God and all that he's brought us through. Um, another part of scripture that came to mind was in Romans 5 and verses 1 through 5. So I shall read that to you. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. As I say in the circuit riders, let me wicka wicka break it down. <laughs> that's whenever we have our Bible buddy time, that's my way to get their attention and to break it down to you. <laughs> So whenever we go through circumstances, trials, sufferings, whatever the case may be, let me just say that that's all a part of the plan. And we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with allowing the Lord to guide us through those trials and those circumstances because in that, we are being produced with character to be more like him. So coming through that hardship, that trial, whatever is going on in your life, in that circumstance, if you cling to the Lord and you hold tight to him, he will produce character in you and great character that will look more like him and will point others to him. And then through having perseverance and having character, then later on it translates into hope because then we can stop, we can look back and we can see where God has brought us and what he has brought us through. Whenever we get out on the other end of that tunnel, 
whenever we see that light on the end of the tunnel and we're like, man, I'm doing so much better. I have all this hope. I have all this confidence in the Lord. And it's because we can look back and we can see, man, whenever I was crying in my bed at night, you were there and I felt you and I felt your peace. Man, whenever I was in the car by myself and I really felt unsettled and I felt this anxiety and I felt worry, but you dropped a verse in my heart and you gave me comfort. Oh my goodness, whenever I feel like others are thinking this about me, you instead tell me who I am. It is through those trials and through those challenges that God will come in and he will do it in such a loving and fatherly way where he will come in and he will bring peace and comfort, but at the same time, he will refine and purify your hearts to look more like him. And that produces the hope and the confidence that we need. Trials help us to gain perseverance and grit, if you will call it. Um, and perseverance um, helps to develop our character. And think about diamonds or gemstones. In order for a diamond to develop, it has to be in the earth and it has to have pressure. It has to have that heat. It has to feel that pressure. And then after an extended period of time, feeling that pressure and feeling that heat, a diamond forms. He's trying to do the same thing with you and your character. He's trying to create a diamond-like character that will shine his glory whenever you go through those trials. And character produces hope because right character means that we can view God rightly. That's why character comes in because our perception of him changes more in the way that it should be whenever we walk through those trials we see him rightly. And hope in turn creates confidence in God. Not self-confidence, God confidence. Confidence in who God is and who he um, is as far as being holy and right and righteous. We can look back and see what he's done for us. And I think it's so cool how God is a great chess master. I think of him as moving pieces where it should be and coming in and comforting us in those exact moments that we need it, and also guiding us and our path exactly where we should be. And whenever we're praying for something or we're desiring for something to happen, I also kind of think of it like um, having soup. <laughs> this is actually an analogy from my papal. He, he's mentioned this to me several times, and I think it's so true. Sometimes whenever you are cooking soup, it smells so good and it will fill up the house with that smell. And you are just salivating and ready to have that soup. But if you were to take it off the stove and immediately put it in the bowl and start eating, what do you think would happen? You would get burned, right? Your mouth would burn. Would it, it wouldn't be enjoyable in that moment. You wouldn't enjoy it. You wouldn't be able to savor those melodies or those notes of the soup that was stewing and that was taking a while to come in and, and to come into that sweet taste. But if you take it, put it in a bowl and let it sit for a little bit and let it cool down and wait on it, then whenever it's the right appointed time, you go to have it and enjoy it it will be so much greater and so much more enjoyable. 
in the same sense, whatever you are dealing with, whatever you are having to walk out right now, whatever challenge, whatever trial, whatever it looks like, wait on the Lord. And in the right time, he will bring you through that. And it will be the right time if you trust him and it will be so much more enjoyable. And the last thing I have is actually an acrostic for the word hope. An acrostic is where you have the letter and then right next to the letter, it kind of gives you a description based off of that first letter. So for hope, H, hold on to his word. If you think about in Proverbs 13, 12, where it says, um, hope delayed makes the heart sick, but a desire that is fulfilled is a tree of life. If we are to be that tree of life and that promise is to be a tree of life and we are to get rooted in God, then his scripture is the water for our roots. So we are to be the rooted in, so then that way, whenever we're rooted, no matter what storm comes in, no matter what trial blows in, that tree will still stay standing. That's part of the purpose of the roots is not only to gain nourishment for the trees, but it's also to keep them anchored and rooted into the ground. So that way, whenever a storm passes, whenever winds come in, they are still standing. I also think about Abraham and Sarah in the Bible. They had to hold on to God's promise. They had to hold on to God's word. Now, did they do it perfectly? By no means. But they still had to hold on to what God promised them. O is for open to refinement. God is continuing to produce our character so we can be more like him. And a lot of times, this is the reason for the waiting. In the time where you're praying for something, God will reveal to you in your hearts what needs to be changed, what needs to be tweaked, what needs to be shifted, what things need to be pruned. So then that way it can have character that is more like him. So in that waiting period, if you find yourselves in the moment in a waiting period, then take a moment to ask the Lord, Lord, what needs to be changed in my heart? What needs to be shifted? Is there anything that needs to be refined so I can be more like you? P is for praise. So praise him for all the blessings he has brought you through. Um, I think about in um, Genesis, well, actually it's in Exodus, where the Israelites start grumbling and complaining before they enter the promised land. And that's some of the reason why some of them fell short. They missed out. It's so important that we take time to praise the Lord and we take time to stop and look back at all the things he's brought us through and, and to reflect on that, whether it's through a prayer journal and writing that in or you're praising him in your car on the way to work, or whatever the case may be, taking the time to recognize, God, you did this for me, and because you did this, I know you'll bring me through anything. So praising him. And as a matter of fact, keep this in mind, so you're keeping your mind focused on God and who he is, not your problem, because this is his story, not yours. And then E, last but not least, ever-increasing prayer. 
Pray to God with an honest heart. When you're going through time of waiting or going through trials or circumstances, it's important that we continue to keep communication open to God and we are honest and bear it all before him. I think about Psalms and how honest and transparent David was. He had some really high highs and he had some really low lows. But it says that David was a man after God's own heart. So in the same way, whenever you're going through something, be honest, be transparent with the Lord and continue to pray and to seek his face and to ask him how to go through this journey, how to be refined and just be honest. So that is the E in hope. (laughs) I figured I would go ahead and close this out. That's the end of my message. And after prayer, just FYI, we will have refreshments in the connections room. So, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to reflect on you and your goodness. I know that there are people in here who are in a waiting period, who may be going through trials, who may be going through hard circumstances, but Lord, I just pray that you help bring peace and comfort in the way that only your Holy Spirit can, Lord. It says that your Holy Spirit is our comforter. So be that to us today, Lord. Help us to remember that whenever we're going through that waiting period, that we hold on to your word. Anything that you have spoken to us or told us, help us to hold on to that. Help us to also be open to refinement. Anything that needs to be tweaked or shifted in our hearts, Lord, so that way we see you rightly. Help us to be open to that so that way you can mold us into the person that we need to be. Help us to praise you whenever we're going through these circumstances. Help us to look back and reflect on your goodness because, God, you truly are good and you truly do love us and have our best interest at heart. Lord, help us to be ever increasing in prayer. Help us to pray to you without ceasing and pray in all circumstances for this is your will for us to always be in prayer. Help us to reflect and to cry out to you. We need to remember in those times of waiting that we are not waiting on the promise to be fulfilled or that desire, but instead we are placing our hope in the promiser, which is you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this, Lord. I just pray that you be with us for the remainder of this week, and we glorify your name. And it's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.